Wayfinders, welcome to another episode of Navigating the Slopes, your weekly HR podcast. This is the podcast that helps you navigate your employee journey. I think we've all been there before, whether you're on the outside looking in or you're on the inside and looking to get out. This is the podcast that will help you get from interview to onboarding and from candidate to employee. So let's begin our journey towards engagement, happiness, and long-term career satisfaction. I'm your host, Taylor Nelson, and you're listening to Navigating the Slopes, an HR podcast. Welcome in to another episode, everyone. Thanks for being here with us today. I apologize that I haven't been uh, producing episodes as consistently as I was when I first started, but I guess that is just life with a newborn, and it is what it is, but we are back and ready to go in today's episode. I'm actually going to talk about a handful of things that you can do as a professional to kind of recession-proof yourself. Uh, I know that the last couple of weeks we've talked a lot about interviewing and bolstering up your resume. Those things are definitely on here, but um, I've got 10 or 11 tips, uh, things that you can keep in mind if you were to ever you know, be laid off or if a recession were to hit or something like that. Um, things that you can do to prepare, things that you should be doing to prepare yourself for when that day comes, you know, anyone can get laid off. Definitely one of those topics that you think, oh, it's never going to happen to me until it does. And a lot of times we think that we are recession proof or you think that, you know, you're never going to be laid off because you've been with your organization for X number of years and, and everybody really likes you and, and it is what it is. But at the end of the day, it's, it's business and companies will do whatever they think is necessary to ensure that they take care of those that, that, uh, that need to be taken care of and make sure that their business stays up and running as long as possible. So the first thing that we would suggest to do is to really just get your resume into shape. And I know that we talked about that probably about a month ago. Um, and, and maybe it's been a while since you've dusted off your resume and now the time is for, you know, now, now it's time to touch it up a little bit. And hopefully you've taken um, action on some of those things that we talked about about a month ago as far as getting your resume in shape. But a couple of things that I would just highlight is to make sure that you remove any of those outdated skills or, or obsolete software if that's something that you're resume would highlight, you know, try and try and project yourself into a career or a job that you want next. And especially if there's a recession, you know, most of the companies that are, uh, are in your industry may also be laying off their employees. So you're probably not targeting an industry or a company that you're familiar with or you're similar to, you're going to have to change gears a little bit and most likely get into a company or an industry that you're, you're well-versed in, but maybe not something that you're used to. So make sure your resume is in shape, make sure it's up to date. Um, I would advise doing the same thing for your LinkedIn profile as well. If that thing's up to date, um, that should be a pretty good tool for you. If a recession were to hit or you're able to get laid off. Um, the next thing is to reconnect with key contacts. Another way to do this is LinkedIn. Uh, you want to make sure that you're consistently connecting with people, uh, individuals that you know that could possibly help you out in the future. Um, I would suggest being as active as possible on LinkedIn, even if you just like uh, post here and there or comment a couple of things. Uh, anytime that you comment or post, those individuals in your network are going to see that. And it's definitely a good way to get your name out there. Uh, another thing that I would suggest is to join some groups, whether it's on LinkedIn or Facebook or any other networking that you can do. Uh, I'm actually part of a couple groups on LinkedIn. One of them is the Recruiters of Utah. And that one's actually great um, for a lot of different reasons. There's tons of just HR professionals and, and talent acquisition specialists in that group. But we have a variety of, of channels on Slack that we talk about HR openings. We talk about other requisitions that companies have open. So there's a lot of value in these groups that are created on LinkedIn. And so if you're if you're in some sort of field 
Maybe you're an accountant. Maybe you're a mechanical engineer. There's definitely a group on Facebook or LinkedIn that you could be a part of that you can contribute to. And and who knows? Maybe there's other networking possibilities like a Slack channel or getting involved in in any other aspect uh, that networking could provide. Um, You know, you want to reach out to those people that you've worked with in the past. I try to do my best to make sure that I comment on anyone's job updates, anyone's, uh, you know, great accomplishments on LinkedIn or Facebook, because when the time comes that you may be looking for a job, you can reach out to those people and feel comfortable and confident that they ha- they'll have your back. The next thing moving in more internally is make your boss kind of your, your best friend. Um, you know, the executive employees and those C-suite employees, those individuals usually aren't out of work for too long. Those people during a recession or during a layoff, they usually turn around pretty quickly because they do some of those things that we've talked about earlier. They they leverage their network, they leverage their resources, and and um, you know kind of leverage their reputation that they've built a little bit. So if you can make those types of people your your friends in the office and that they can trust you, uh, definitely a good opportunity for them to to take uh, take you with them or at least give you opportunities that you wouldn't have had otherwise. Um, you know, also something to think about if your manager or your leaders don't necessarily like you uh, or don't enjoy you as an employee, you're probably going to be the first person that your boss lets go. Uh, the first person that comes to mind when they are going through layoffs and firings, because typically if you can build a relationship, a, a friendly relationship with your supervisor, your boss, uh, you, you're your firing or your your getting laid off is much more personalized at that point rather than just a, a face or a number or whatever that might look like. So try your best to, to make your boss, make your supervisors, your friends. Uh, you don't have to go above and beyond and, and make it obvious that that's what you're doing. But, you know, maybe you have the same hobbies. Maybe you enjoy the same TV shows. Maybe you have kids um, who, who have the same kinds of things in common or, or whatever that might look like. So if you can find some common ground, I think that's um, I think that's a good way to start for sure with your supervisor. And the next thing just also with your supervisor is to keep your manager up to date on your achievements. Maybe you're in a smaller organization and you have frequent conversations with your manager and they're very aware of what's going on in your life. But I've worked in some companies that I rarely saw my manager. Maybe it was a one-on-one every other month or at the end of the year. So just make sure you're keeping them updated as far as what's going on. Maybe you've accomplished something within the organization that they should know about. Um, you know, you don't have to brag or toot your own horn, but you want to make sure that you're being recognized in the company and that you're bringing value to the company. Um, you know, every boss has their own definition of what it means to provide value as an employee. And if you're consistently meeting that definition and, and that, you know, their definition essentially is you at, at, in the workplace, then I think that's extremely important. So, you know, I would say just get some clarity on what success means to your boss, because maybe every other employee in your department is not doing what they think, um, you know, what the boss thinks is successful, but the person is a, is a successful employee. And it's something that the HR manager told me when I was doing an internship in Salt Lake actually was don't mistake busyness with productivity. You know, just because you're being busy at work doesn't necessarily mean that you're being productive and adding value. And that's a trap that I fall into a lot. And that's something that I've worked on quite a bit over the last couple of years is not to take on projects just because somebody asks me to. So yeah, you can be working on five or six projects simultaneously, but if you're not delivering on those, or maybe your boss doesn't think it's important that you're also recruiting and you're hiring and doing onboarding, but that you're also helping out with 
uh, you know, swag and desk set up or whatever that might look like. Just don't mistake being busy for being productive because it's not always viewed that way in the eyes of your supervisors. Number five on the list of, you know, 10 or 11 things is to improve your visibility. And, you know, what I mean by this is if you want to gain more job stability, uh, take steps to stand out from your coworkers. Start by asking your boss to let you tag along to executive meetings. And it doesn't have to be you know, so obvious that, hey, can I just sit in on this meeting? You know, leverage that opportunity to take advantage of a training experience or to sit in and see how these meetings are run. Or maybe you want to be an executive or a C-suite employee in your, in your near future and you want to kind of get an understanding of how that can go. Um, you know, you can also gain exposure to to some of the higher ups by rubbing shoulders with them at company-wide volunteer days or parties or social events. You know, something I saw a post on LinkedIn um, the other day that just mentioned, you know, it, CEOs and VPs and executives, this and C-suite that really they're just people, you know, they've, they've done a great job in their career to be successful, but they're people just like you and I, and, and they have uh, fears, they have successes, they want to interact with people. And just because it's the CEO of an organization doesn't mean you, you can't walk up to them or go into their office and, and chat with them. And I've been, I've been pretty fortunate to work for a couple of companies that are very small organizations, you know, 75 to 100 employees. The CEO is very um, available. He's very open and transparent to talk with. So I've had no problem talking with uh, multiple CEOs and, and C-suite employees in all of the organizations that I've been a part of. And I think it's helped me just understand that there really are people. They want to talk. They want to get to know you. And you shouldn't really be afraid to approach them with any sort of issues or just get to know them a little bit. And outside of getting to know the C-suite and executive level employees, you know, I would suggest another thing is really finding ways outside of your job description that you can contribute to the organization. I'll remember the first couple of weeks when I started at the company that I'm at now, we actually had the the co-founder come into the office and, and talk with all of us. We had just been in business for nine months. So a really relatively new organization, new company, and we're really just trying to figure things out. But one thing that he mentioned that he had found a lot of success in and that he typically found a lot of other people, a lot of other employees would find success if you can find ways to contribute to the company outside of what your job description would require. And so I really took that to heart. I tried to, again, not overdo it, not be involved with everything, because, again, being busy doesn't always mean that you're productive. But right now in the company, if someone needs help, you know, installing something on a computer or someone needs help putting some shelves together. Like I'm, if I have time, I would love to be able to do that because I think you give the impression to everyone that you're, you're available, you're versatile, you're a team player. And I think a lot of times actions speak louder than words, just because you may not be doing something that's uh, within your job description. Maybe it's above or below your pay grade. But if a VP or executive level employee is walking by, they're going to notice that you're helping out and that you're a team player and that you're not just there to, to clock in, get a paycheck and clock out and go home. So I would encourage you, if you have the chance to expand your, you know, your capability a little bit, be a team player, try and contribute to the company and add value in ways that your job description doesn't necessarily define or outline for you. And just a couple of numbers kind of here in the halfway point, um, the last recession that we had, and this, you know, these numbers come from uh, an article by Daniel Bortz in November of last year, and it's from uh, Sherm.org, actually. So 43% of organizations laid off 1% to 5% of their workforce, and this, these are teen. And although if you go all the way down to 11%, 
that's how many organizations laid off more than 20% of their workforce. And there's some other numbers in there that are involved. But I mean, really, you know, 10 to almost 50% of companies during a recession are laying off their employees. And if you can follow some of these these steps that we've talked about already, and some of the ones that I'll mention later on, you can really prevent your uh, yourself having to take too much of a negative impact if something like this were to happen. And the next thing, number six, is just establish yourself as a thought leader. You know, be someone in the organization. And that's not not to say that you have to be someone who you're not, but, you know, join a trade association that gives you access to resources or, or go to networking events. I know that's something that we talked about a couple of weeks ago about career events and networking events or job fairs or whatever that might look like. Um, if you can, if you can be involved with those, if you can maybe participate in those, if your company does that, I mean, that's a great way to be a thought leader. Um, you know, get, get involved with, um, with other things, you know, be an expert in the media. Maybe you can do something like I'm doing, start a podcast, start a blog, um, start reading some articles or start a group uh, of individuals, maybe start a book club at your office. You know, if you can be looked to as someone who has ideas, kind of this change agent in an organization, it's going to be a lot harder for a company to kind of get rid of you because you bring a a morale boost. You bring kind of that culture aspect to the company that they really haven't had before. Um, So if you can really just be active with your coworkers, be a thought leader, be a change agent in the organization, I think it definitely goes a long way and it speaks volumes about who you are as an employee and the value that you bring to not only the organization, but all of your other coworkers and and colleagues that you associate with. Next part here, number seven, uh, something that I've actually had a little bit of experience with actually a couple different ways is to have kind of a side hustle. Right, you can do consulting work, um, do something that you you enjoy on the side. I know, like my wife, for example, she does a lot of organization jobs. Um, she's a full time nurse, a registered nurse at a women's health clinic, but on the side, she uh, enjoys going up uh, to some clients' homes, organizing their homes for them, and that's kind of her side hustle and an, another way that she provides some income for our family. Um, another side hustle that I would do. I wish I made some money from this podcast, but maybe one day, right? Um, but I, I enjoy editing resumes, revising resumes and creating resumes for people who, who need the help or just kind of reach out Uh, a couple of success stories from that. Actually, I worked with a gentleman who was trying to get a job in San Francisco and he reached out to me really the first couple of weeks that I had started there and I actually revamped his entire resume for him. And I just found out last week that he actually landed a job in San Fran with the resume that I created for him. So that made me feel pretty good. Um, so if you can if you can find additional ways to bring in some income, um, you know it may not work out if a recession hits or or whatever that may be. You don't know how the, it would financially impact your clients. But if you can find something like a side hustle while you're still employed full time, it can really give you the cushion to fall back on if you were let go unexpectedly uh, from from the company that you're at now. So kind of be creative, think outside the box. If you can find a side hustle, find something that you're good at. You know, I uh, going back to what I do, and I don't do painting as much as I used to, but I did paint all throughout my undergrad, and and you know, I still know how to do it. And there are a lot of times when people reach out to me and ask me if I can come and paint their front door or come paint a bathroom or whatever that might look like. And so that's that's a good way for me to bring in some additional income and have kind of that trade to fall back on. And this next one is number eight. This really is kind of a, the last resort. You know, if, if you were to get laid off, if you were to have a recession and you couldn't rebound from it is to build up an emergency fund. 
typically it's three to six months of your income. So, you know, whatever that looks like for you, make sure you have enough uh, financial stability that you could support yourself, your family, your, your life situation for three to six months. It's really time to kind of plan ahead. If you're looking for a great resource for that, um, the Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey is one that I would I would suggest. My wife and I have read through that. We we go through that kind of financial plan, and that's something that he definitely recommends is to have that three to six month supply. And really, it could be used for a lot of things. It doesn't even have to be for getting laid off or having a recession. I mean, if you're if it, if you're working in a trade or if you're working kind of a warehouse job and and you have a major accident and you're unable to work for an extended period of time, it, it would be great to have that amount of money saved up so that way you're not scrambling, your family's not hurting, your life can continue as as normal as it possibly can. So I would encourage everyone to start saving up, if at all possible, uh, for a three to six month supply, if, if that's what it takes. If you can get to one to two months, great. Uh, but I think three to six months is definitely the recommended average to... And, you know, to have in your bank account for uh, an emergency if it were to come up. Number nine is to develop hard skills that are in demand. You know, don't don't pigeonhole yourself into a specialist kind of role. If you can do things, and this kind of goes back to number seven, if you can have a side hustle or maybe even, um, you know, do things outside of your job description that aren't necessarily required of you. But if you can develop some hard skills that are in demand, you know, right now, I work up in Lehigh, Silicon Slopes, so many tech companies up there. So if, if someone were to get laid off and, and develop these skills such as, you know, Salesforce or, or software or whatever that might look like, there's so many opportunities for that. So, you know, there are websites available that you can look up and see what kind of the in-demand skills are, the hot jobs of, of the moment right now. Um, you know, healthcare is a huge one. People are always going to need doctors. People are always going to need nurses and healthcare industries. And, and there's more positions. There's more employment opportunities inside of a hospital there rather than just doctor and nurse and CNA, whatever that might look like. And I, I was a, a maintenance engineer at a hospital for about a year and a half. You know, it, while, while the hospital is running, someone's got to be able to, to fix the TV or fix the call light or whatever that might look like. So if you can learn some hard skills that are in demand, things that you're good at, things that you enjoy doing, um, you know, the bottom line, I think, would just don't pigeonhole yourself into a specialist role because if you focus so much time and energy and effort throughout your career into one specific area, one specific industry, you tend to kind of hurt yourself if you're if you're looking for something outside of that. And you know, my father-in-law is a great example of this. Um, he does some dental lab work. He's one of the best, I think, in the in the county. I've heard that from multiple dentists and people that he works with. Um, and I've talked to him over the last little bit, and I know that he's kind of been on and off about looking for work. Uh, but unfortunately for him, he's kind of gotten into this role where he is extremely good at what he does, but he is kind of a specialist. So it's a very niche industry. It's a very um, unique environment to be in because there's not a lot of skills outside of what he does that he could translate to other areas or other environments. So just make sure you're always maximizing your skills, make sure you're learning new skills um, so you can be more valuable to these companies if a recession were to hit or, or if you were to get laid off. Um, number 10 is to join a company's mentoring program. And maybe your company doesn't have a mentoring program, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you can't mentor people, right? If you if you have a new hire, if you have someone that's new on your team, take them under your wing and train them up and, and mentor them and be that person for them. Because if you're 
again, if you're able to contribute to the success of other people in your company, you're going to be a lot harder to let go than someone who hasn't really contributed in that kind of way. So if you can, if you can train, if you can mentor, if you can kind of just distribute any sort of knowledge that you would have, um, do that, you know, and maybe you could be the one that starts the mentorship program. Maybe you start a book club or maybe you start a leadership training class within your organization. If you have the capacity to do that, the more value that you can add to a company, the less likely it is that you're going to be one of the first people laid off or, or fired or let go during these, these hard times. Because companies, when they're going through this turmoil, when they're going through these hard times, they really need to fall back on their foundation. They need to fall back on those strong employees who can help pull them out of it or at least let them hang on for as long as possible. So that was the 10 that the article provided. And I threw another one in here, number 11, um, is just to kind of question up or question all your VP executive levels. If you can get involved with these people, with these types of uh, positions, you know, they're in their role for a reason. Uh, they're not just randomly placed as VP of sales or CEO or director of whatever, right? If you can get involved with them, you can ask them questions, if you can network with them. And I think it goes back to the networking is making your supervisors kind of your your BFF, right? But I take a lot of time in my role right now. Um, after every interview that we have, we have a little like debriefing session. And typically everyone in the, the interview are VP executive level individuals. Uh, oftentimes I'll have the CEO or COO in the, in the interview as well. And that's a great opportunity for me to ask them questions and to, you know, kind of obtain buy-in from then from them about me as a, as an employee, about me as a talent acquisition specialist. So that way they can kind of see where I'm at, see where my knowledge is and what value I'm bringing to the organization. Um, but you know, again, it's just kind of going back to the thing, rubbing shoulders. If you can just be, um, involved with, these VPs and, and executive level individuals, if you can just be more involved with all of your coworkers, it definitely bodes well for you going into the future. So that's that's the entire article that we got from SHRM. Again, SHRM is a Society for Human Resource Management, uh, a very large organization for human resources. Uh, this article, again, was produced last year in November of 2019 by Daniel Bortz and how to recession-proof your career. This is something that I would like to do every month is just to have kind of like a SHRM episode Again, as I've been, I'm involved in HR and, and talent acquisition, I would love to keep everyone in the loop on current um, HR trends, current HR topics, and and talking points. So, I would imagine that every month, you know, every other uh, month, maybe there will be a Sherm episode, and, and we'll continue to do that. So, I I appreciate everyone being here, listening again. I know that I've taken a couple of weeks off. Um, again, catching up on some sleep. That's the life of a newborn, but I am I am. Uh, committing to myself, committing to everyone who's listening, um, that I will be producing weekly episodes from, from here on out. I've been able to rearrange my schedule and figure out how to do that. So I've got some great stuff planned coming out in the next three or four weeks. So I'm excited for all that. Again, if you want to follow us on Instagram, it's uh, slopeshr underscore pod. Email us if you have ideas or want to be on the show, navigatingtheslopes.hrpod at gmail.com. Again, thanks everyone for being here. Hope you have a great week and keep on, keep it on.